Welcome to Anyone Can Play Guitar, where we learn every Radiohead song on the guitar in order. My name is Austin Diaz. And I'm Nick Kendallsperger. Nick, we are tackling all of the B-sides, save for those that were on the Iron Lung EP. I had a sort of like a question as to whether or not those on the Iron Lung EP are technically B-sides, because we have awards later. Oh yeah, they're definitely B-sides. Yeah, but they're like but... pre-album. It's like before the album came out, like those songs were done before they were they had finished products for the bins. I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not going to go with it. I'm going to say that this is all one big pile. Some of them were recorded earlier than others, and then some of them very late. But it's all orbiting around the main album. The only way I can make sense of these songs is as the Ben's B-sides. Right. Okay, so then we've done the B-sides for the My Iron Lung, and now we're doing the B-sides for the Street Spirit Fade Out single, the Fake Plastic Trees, and Planet Telex singles. Um, so, and then also in this, we're going to do our first awards program for the best of the bends. So right. we'll talk about more of that later when we get to it, but we'll have that after we, uh, get through these B-sides. Yeah, we have a lot of songs, so we should move along. Uh, the first one is How Can You Be Sure? So Nick, yes, I think I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and surmise that you like this B side. Uh, I really do. I have a hard time explaining exactly why I like it so much. There's just something so automatically comfortable about the the four chords that you repeat the most mm-hmm. that. Well, I mean, you can definitely hear some Elvis Costello influence, which is one influence that they've cited that I really like. I feel like oh, I, okay. I feel like I keep rejecting their influences as like, no, I don't like REM. I okay. tried, but Elvis Costello, I, I really enjoy, and okay, I definitely good, good. hear him here. But it's also there's something, especially when that uh, what is the female singer's name? It's Diane Swan. Yeah, right. And they everyone thought it was a joke. Because it sounds like Diane Swan, like a dying swan. And they thought it was um, Ed like, right. singing really high. But the moment Hearst comes in, you're also sort of back in this kind of alt country territory almost, the way that she mm-hmm. harmonizes with York on this track. It is just amazing. I mean, I don't like I texted you earlier that I would I would sit down to sort of play this song and realize it was a half hour later. Yep. And I just played this song. This just yeah, this reminds me of like total 90s era Britpop that Radiohead could have jumped into and been a part of that scene, like Oasis and Blur and Pulp and all these songs. And if they had put this on the album, I actually okay, 
I actually made a playlist that I called the Benz Britpop. This is the album, if they would have released this during the height of Britpop, I'm not sure, it wouldn't have been a better album, but it might have been, it might have actually sold more because <laughs> it would have been just caught up in that like year of 1995. I'm very proud of it and I'll share it online. Oh, But please. this song definitely was on there. Now, is this a great song? I don't know. It's such a convincing aspect of the band. And once again, this is an older song, right? Yeah. How on earth did they skip this for Pablo <laughs> Honey? What I, were they thinking? I mean, so what, what songs do we have so far that they skipped for Pablo Honey? They just skipped this one, they skipped High and Dry, The Bins. Yeah, I'm not sure if The Bins was totally done or if they just played it during that, but it was in the, the mix, The Bins not totally done is better than most of Pablo Honey. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay, Sulk was an older song, which would have still been better. Yeah. It's just such a great acoustic guitar song to play by yourself. What I think is that this song does this song does not take any risks. If you map out like the E major chords, right? These are all E major chords. They're not suddenly like semitoning out of the scale. They're not like with just borrowing from parallel scales or other scales. It's just straightforward E major chord progressions, one, four, five. It's not adventurous. And I think that they knew that a bit. And they were like, okay, this is a B-side. Like, we can do this, but this is our B-side. It's the same sort of thing with Lewis Mistreated on the other EP. They're like, yeah, we can do this. And I think this song is, you know, it pops up on all these lists of, you know, diehard Radiohead fan songs. Because deep down, a lot of us Radiohead fans are just sort of like, what's the proper term? Sobs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, we want to have the feels. You know, like we want, we, this is like a, just a chock full of emotion, simple song that Radiohead yeah. does. And it just, it's like an excuse to really like a song like this. It just sounds like a drunken sing-along and that sounds pretty wonderful sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's just a breakup not, song, right? It's right. like, you're a straight, it's a straight up breakup song. Like that classical, like turn, well, I don't want you anymore anyways. So um, you like it. I obviously. like it. And a female voice with Tom is heaven. Yep. Why are they not doing this all the time? I get it that it's a B-side, that it probably should be a B-side, but this is totally that Coldplay, Travis vein of Radiohead that they were just like, no, no, no. Yeah. Just put it on a B-side. But how are these B-sides of the Benz so much better than Pablo Honey? A lot of these songs are better because they held onto them because they knew there was something there and maybe they just weren't mm. ready as a band to cut the right version of it. I mean, and they do that their whole career. Last point. I think it's also a song okay. that real non-Radiohead fans, you can like put it on, they're like, oh yeah, I like this song. You know, and you're like, yeah, oh, Radiohead, I caught you. <laughs> <laughs> See? You're, you're, you're almost happy, you're right? It's almost happy, yep. this song. But it's not. Well, let's move on to a, a totally different kind of song. This is Killer Cars. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> Man, 
I don't like this song. It's you know it's at um, all. I mean, to be honest, before we dove back into this project, like if you were going to ask me, okay, rattle off five B-sides as fast as you can. Killer Cars was one of the B-sides. I would have been like, okay, I remember that one. Kind, I remember liking this song. But I think with this, how we're doing it, we're learning these songs kind of in order of their appearance. Just we've seen these chords and these changes already. So much. So on Pablo Honey and on the bins. It's that C minor, that thing they do. Yeah. Where they're playing and then all of a sudden they go. Right. And it sounds out of place and it sounds really good. But then they just go back to the G. Right. Which we're going to talk about that chord again and that G again. I know. I know. I know we but are. But I think I'm going to have a different take on it. Spoiler so, alert. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this song just, uh, man, the first verse, I'm just, I'm close to crowning it not as bad as Papa's Dead, but sort of the same realm. Yeah, the first the first verse is awful. But I have to say, I think what stuck in my head uh, from earlier was the second verse, the second line of the second verse, right? Like, that I couldn't cope if you crashed today, all the things I forgot to say. And I just feel like, I mean, that's a that's a good line. I mean, there's something sort of pathetic about it and like kind of sentimental and even melodramatic, but... Yeah, I, I get that. Did you see the acoustic version of this song? Yeah, that ruins it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't decide which one I like, which one I prefer. I felt like when I saw him playing in the, the acoustic version, I was like, oh, this makes sense. These are these chords. It's just like, but then they tried to spruce it up into the Ben's kind of era. I don't think it's a great song. Either way, you do it, but I might like it a little better, but it is bad still. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just heard it and it was like, you know, it's just, you're, you're playing G and then D and mm-hmm. all these kind of things. So it definitely feels like an acoustic-y song that they tried to make more aggressive. Even the first solo though, like Johnny doesn't know what to do. I didn't think about that. Yeah, he, I'm sure they were just like, eh, just give it a go, Johnny, see what happens. But it, this feels like such a step back. I mean, how can you be sure felt? so wonderful and warm and like the side of the band that isn't my favorite type kite but like is so satisfying in its own way and this is a like i don't i don't want to hear this song again so we should move on yeah let's right? move on i mean like if you i i don't like it that much and if you uh feel that strongly about it i kind of despise it i really do i don't know <laughs> what it is i haven't felt like this since pablo honey era yeah which is funny um, my, for me, it's nostalgia. But so then, let's move on to uh, Makita Dora. Dear listeners, I have my electric guitar in hand, which I don't know. I was playing my Fender at work the other day, and I just I feel like I'm more of an electric guitar person. Okay, I'm that's just, fair. You don't have to explain yourself. To talk about the song, I have to do a bit of a confession. Please, and that, I'm here for you. Um, we're doing this podcast, but I can't actually say that I've been listening to that much Radiohead because I do my best for every song to like. I look at this chord book and maybe some of the tabs online. 
because I, I know I've listened to all of these songs. So I don't listen to the song again. I see what I can pick out. Usually, like, I get to a chord or exchange. It's like, oh, yeah, I know this song that I can go back. And I kind of learn the whole song, try and remember what his vocal line was. And then, then after I've really worked with the song, I go listen to it. Just so I can really sort of concentrate on the chords themselves and the music and, like, not be, ah, but the bass line here is so cool. Or... <laughs> Like yeah. the drums are great because we're not talking about that. But this song, oh my God, I could not figure out, how, I could not remember how the song sounded and I couldn't make it sound like anything until I just went back and listened to the song. I mean, because like if the, in the chord book, you don't have what are the most memorable parts of this song, which are Johnny's lines. But I do like this song. You? Uh, Yeah, I like this song. This is another one of those that if they turned in the Ben's Britpop album, this would have been on there. You know, Amaki a Ladora, which we can get into really quick is not a nice thing. No. <laughs> These are factories in sort of Northern Mexico that are owned by international firms. But I don't think you have to quite know that to get the song. No. Yeah, it's, this is a weird one for me. I don't think it, it all quite works, but I do like it. It's the first one where I was like, okay, if I want to get into the song, I have to work with it on the electric. Right, okay. because like first off, I wanted to get like that. So wait, you don't listen to the songs that much? I mean, because like I think I've listened to this song like 20 times over the past week. This one, I think I listened to it twice. Oh, oh my God. You only listened to this twice? Yeah. That's totally different than how I am. I just kind of saturate myself in whatever songs we're learning and I listen to them over and over again. Uh-huh. I just play them over and over again. Like I listen to it once uh-huh. to make sure I have like the time signature and like key and his vocal line and then I play them until I have them memorized. Okay. Yeah, then like I go into, okay, what, is this the fourth? Is this the third? Like what key is this? And then... So this song is interesting because when the, that riff comes up, you kind of feel like it's going to be a fast song. But then it's it's not slow, but it's like they kind of hold it back, which I think really works. It's a fun intro. Yeah, I mean, and these, I mean, like these chords, that C sharp major seven, it's mm-hmm. just like at the beginning of the chorus, it's like blue white bird stepping hard on the trouble, and then you have like that, uh, that yeah. That run. That yeah, I see, did. I couldn't get that to sound anything right on an acoustic guitar. Yeah, that's why I had to. Like... <laughs> oh, that sounds good though on the electric. I need to. Yeah, need I've to been. I've, been I've also just been playing it a lot. And then um... I love that. You know, this is a song where the parts are all so different. We uh, we got to talk about the intro a little bit because the, part of the intro riff is this the. But the very first guitar you hear isn't playing that. It's playing the... Right. Which I think is really interesting. They never come back to it. I, I will say that when I was playing this riff, the... Abby's like, oh yeah, I know that song. Uh, yeah. And she's like, that's Blister in the Sun, isn't it? And I was like, no, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, but you have to like very deliberately play it so it doesn't sound like that. Yeah, then I had to learn that song too. Cause like, I was like, oh yeah, you're too, you're, oh, you're kind of right. But it is like a pretty generic riff, I guess. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like this sort of circular riff, right? You don't, you're not it quite is. sure where it starts and ends. Yeah, it's, it is a fun song. And it is a you know I'm I'm not wild about it and I think it's good as a B side. Mm-hmm. 
Um, did you get the the solo at the end? Yeah. The, so I mean, like that's what I. The main reason I've broken out the electric is just okay. that, like, I mean, I don't really have it. I just want to use it a little bit to talk about Johnny okay. Greenwood solos. I mean, because yeah. this is the first time where I'm like, okay, let me see what he's trying to do here. Coming into that style that he's more known for with this song, and he does that like like. You look at tabs, right? I looked at like three different tabs for this, and it's just none of them are completely right. They sound cool, but you they just they're they're also so singular. You know, like with the tabs, they try and show like fourth bend, half bend, full bend, but it's not. It's like somewhere in between. He's like always with his bends going for notes that are in between notes. Like he's using the guitar to get to the notes that you shouldn't get to. <laughs> right? But if you don't do that, then it doesn't sound right if you try and play along with him. Because, you know, I went through a period where I learned, like, all of Metallica's solos. And I could play those because you're just hitting the notes. Right. Right? I mean, like... And they're very virtuosic solos. Like, they're like math almost. Right. Like, you have to hit all the different... (laughs) Yeah. You have to, like, you have to really practice. And, I mean, I can't do that anymore, but I could do it. These are, like, very melodic in some ways. Mm Mm-hmm. But then also very ugly in others. Yeah, definitely just nasty. There's just yeah, like some, nasty. like there's later, there's just like a note and I'm like, how does he make this work like this? It's like blues, but it's not bluesy at all. I think this would have been, if this had been on the album, it would have made it more of a Brit poppy, more of its time kind of album instead of holding up better. But it's still a good song and I'm glad we have it. Yeah. So the next song in the chord book is talk show host. So Austin, uh, yesterday I watched uh, Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes and the first scene where we see Romeo by the beach. We hear talk show hosts for the first time. I watched it too. You you said I had to watch this and I was like, well, I watched this. I have to say it kind of holds up. It's a very good, I mean, it's a fun movie to watch. It's a fun movie to watch. Just, but to stay, to stay on that topic just for a second, I mean, like I played the opening like lines. Like I just yeah. sat down and was like. And, and Rahel was like, wait, what movie is that? Uh-huh. <laughs> My yeah. wife was like, I know this movie. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Keep playing it. And I was like, <laughs> okay, one, two. And then she's like, Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 amazing that scene. There's n- not better music that they could have put there. No, I mean, I think that they're this is pushing them in a direction that that is both really exciting because mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds like OK Computer a little bit, and that is deeply exciting. Yeah. Like almost as exciting as it was to get to the end of Pablo Honey and realize we were getting to the bends. Yeah. That sort of feeling about like, oh my God, okay, computer is next. Yeah. It's a very experimental song 
I mean, it's not a difficult song. You can tell they tried so hard to try something new. You can hear some of the influences that they were thinking about, um, whether that was like Portish Head. Do you like them? I do like, uh, that, was the, that was the next one on my list that I do like okay. Portish Head as an influence. I've listened to some of those albums many hundred times. Sometimes there's like almost nothing here. It's so skeletal. And that's such a yeah. nasty chord, that A flat major seven with the open string. <laughs> But if you just play it whole, it sounds wrong. Right. right. What I had to do is I, I got a keyboard mm-hmm. and I was playing some of the synth lines and they are very ominous. <laughs> yeah, even though it's all major chords except for that F minor at the mm-hmm. very end, right? It's just like... I mean, I like everything about this song. I love the drum beat. I think mm-hmm. that it's a really inventive, that stopping and starting and... Yeah, the, for me, I also like, because you definitely see the, it is influence, but it's like a contemporary influence of DJ Shadow. Did you listen to DJ Shadow? Yeah, of course, in high, in college, for sure. I didn't realize that I probably actually came to DJ Shadow through Radiohead, because another yeah. Radiohead fan recommended it to me, but I didn't make the connection between the two of them. You know, this song is totally like a contemporary, I mean, it just feels so contemporary, even now, but... You can see with the previous songs we were talking about, I could put that on a Brit pop version of the Benz, but like this song, nope. Nope. This song is transcending its time. Mm-hmm. And so you can pull in all these bands that they, by the time they get to OK Computer, you don't compare Radiohead to Oasis or Blur anymore. Right. You compare them to sort of the more futuristic sounding bands that were happening at the time. Tom just embodies somebody here. I don't think this is him, but man, he just goes all in on it and it's phenomenal. Yeah. I want to be someone else or I'll explode. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, it, like these lyrics are just crazy and I, I mean, not crazy in like an amazing way. Yeah. Like, you want me? You yeah. want me? <laughs> oh, fucking will come and find Well, me. I wanted to touch on the, um, the cursing, right? Because it's like, oh, it was, yeah. it like really took me aback, even though, I mean, because he hasn't cursed, but their most favorite, famous song uses fucking as well, Creep. Oh, that's, oh yeah. With Creep, I don't know, because it's so famous and because you've heard it so many times, but I feel like I've listened to this song many more times than I've listened to Creep. Like, I listen to this song, I don't, I mean, I don't know. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I mean, but like every time that like, you want me? You know, they're like, fucking will come. And- well, it's used as a swear word here. Where in Creep, it's, uh, it could be, you know, very, you're so very special. Ah, uh, that's true. That could work as a substitute. But you can't say very well, come and find me. Like, ah, it's like. That's a really good point. <laughs> it's so venomous, yeah. the way he says it. It's just, it, it says it all. I mean, in a, in a song that, where there's just not very much, like there's not very many lyrics, there's mm-hmm. not many chords. And yet it still feels so thrilling yeah, and dangerous. No, I mean, like this is their, we can say it safely, this is their most famous B-side. This is their most famous B-side. Tom's getting into that lyrical frame of mind where some of these lines don't make any sense if you just read them on the page. Mm -hmm. They're so disconnected from each other, and yet it works so well in the song. What did you, why do you think they let this one go to like a soundtrack is it perfect i mean i guess it is kind of perfect as a soundtrack song because mm-hmm. it's experimental but this could tide people over until their next album but you know they held on to exit music why didn't they hold on to i mean i think i think because there's not much there and they knew that like it's very singular i mean it really points to what's con- coming on okay computer but it's 
also a very singular song, and so why just let it be them? Yeah, how do you come up with a riff like that? Yeah, I mean he's he's playing an electric guitar, like at least on that Jules Holland that you sent me. He's playing electric guitar with fingers. Oh, that sounds better, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. See, this is why we do. This is why we're doing the podcast to to figure out things like this. Yeah. Yeah, because I was like really upset with myself with the pick until I saw that video clip you sent, and I was like, "Oh, he's playing it with fingers." Ugh, see, I didn't pay attention. <laughs> Come on, Nick, pay attention. <laughs> I'm always looking at those things. I'm like, okay, how the, I know you, how are they playing this? <laughs> yeah, it really is important if you're trying to learn Radiohead songs to try to find the live performances because it's not like they're just repeating them like a karaoke version, but they don't change their songs that much live. No. Because I think they're so difficult to play. It really is informative to watch them play the songs because yeah. you can see how they make how they get it done. Okay, so we, we really like this song. Yeah, we like this song. <laughs> I mean, I guess we like this song. We've already talked a lot. Um, we have. All right. Just go listen to this song on. a lot if you're listening to this yeah. podcast. And watch listen. Romeo and Juliet. All right. The next song is Molasses. Chicken's chin side molasses Jet powered caravan molasses I have no idea how you feel about this song. Yeah. But I feel like you might like to play it on the guitar. Oh, that's a hard that, that's a hard no. Hard no? That's a hard oh no. no. It's like everything yeah. everything about this song is a hard no. You have killer cars. Oh, really? I have this song. Oh, I would take this song a million times over killer cars. Oh, I mean like there's nothing what's fun to play about this song? <laughs> I mean, it's just this song reminded me like why I generally have a distaste for seven chords. I just don't like how they sound usually. Up uh, until this okay. point, Radiohead has like convinced me that a seven chord can sound really great. Mm-hmm. Starting with my iron lung, um, which is kind of based around seven chords, but this. Oh. So if it's a whole song with yeah. nothing but with like ninety percent seventies. Okay. See, I like the lyrics. They're pretty great. Shake hands, genocide, molasses. So I looked up, so a lot of, this is another song sort of aimed at exploitative companies getting sugarcane from farms and exploiting the local workforce, jet-powered caravans, molasses. I mean, it's not much of a song. I have to say, I don't actually enjoy the pairing of the music with the lyrics. Uh, Okay. It's like too flippant. Yeah, it's too flippant, uh, and it's just like, you know, like shake hands, genocide, Molasses. (laughs) Molasses. <laughs> Molasses. <laughs> I feel like this is a silly song, and it is pretty short, but maybe it could have been even shorter, and it would have been better. But yeah. you're not I didn't. Even, I didn't that. even listen to the whole song. I don't know how long it is. <laughs> I, I will admit that the only thing that I thought about was that song from Marcy's Playground, Sex and Candy. For some reason, <laughs> this song, like... 
I think it's like I think it's a, the combination of the chords and the molasses, and then it's like I've got sex and <laughs> you know. Well, we've hit we've hit the bottom here, so let's. Uh, <laughs> that's enough of that. Yeah, I think you uh, might you might have written the song for me now. Yeah, you're um, welcome. Okay, <laughs> thanks, thanks, Austin. So let's move on to the next one, which is India Rubber. reason this song is any good is at a major seven i just talked about how i don't like seventh chords you did you just I did just and there's it. two in a row austin yeah but it's like <laughs> two wonderful seven i mean they're yeah like See this, yeah, this feels like almost bossa nova kind of right. thing. Like it's right? like from the seventies, like a seventies sitcom. And I'm kind of down for it. I'm, I'm here for I'm India Rubber. Here. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. It's uh, and it's paired with a more experimental drum pattern in mm-hmm. the background. But so, I mean, yeah, I like this. I love the chorus. The And I like how it goes to the C, the, the supplications. Yeah. And then they loop Johnny laughing. Right. Where it goes, ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I mean, it's there's just something sort of slant about it that makes it interesting. Because it's just not—it's okay. not a straight up like bossa nova '70s song. There's like something sort of sinister in there. Um, I can't—I can only pinpoint it down to the B minor seven. This sounds a little bit of its time to me, mm-hmm. in a in a not a terrible way. But I think of bands like Corner Shop and Stereo Lab, and maybe this is even before those. But it has that sort of loopy drums and mm-hmm. but I, I do it's, it's a pretty great b-side i will yeah. admit i mean it was one that i was happy to have discovered i've said yeah. this a couple and times. i forgot about i when i came back to it i didn't remember it when i read the title mm-hmm. me neither uh, i had to play the first chord oh yeah i know yeah. i know what song we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> let's keep rolling right next song <laughs> bananaco We gotta dig it up so This is an interesting one. So this song was actually a B-side during the Pablo Honey era mm-hmm. in a very stripped down version. Right. And then they released this full band version during the Ben's era. 
And I am a fan. I like this song. Yeah, it's so strange because you can basically, every criticism we had of Killer Cars, you could say about this song, it's the same chord changes too. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, almost. it does. I it mean, it's even down to the C minor to the G, right? To the C minor and the C minor being like that pedal change that Tom uses a lot. But it just works so much better. It does work better. And I think the band's arrangement is a lot more sympathetic to it. Mm-hmm. I felt like Killer Cars was really trying to make it a song that it wasn't. And this one, they just kind of go with it. It's not nearly as effective as How Can You Be Sure, but it has that same feel, that sort of relaxed vibe to it. Yeah, until, I mean, and, and then, you know, like there's, at the end of the chorus with that, like, <laughs> we're gonna take it out somehow. <laughs> yeah, this this song goes on my Britpop version of the Benz. It would have worked really well in that context. And it, and it's again, I think it's one of those songs that there's just times I think with every Radiohead fan, we want to them to have done this Britpop thing. I mean, because they would have turned out actually really good albums. Maybe not. They would not have been as seminal and as change you know industry changing and life changing as what they come up with later but there is you know an alternate universe where you're not unhappy i mean i I think this is a really solid song i would i can't believe once again that this was left off pablo honey it's insane um this would have been one of my favorite songs (laughs) yeah it just has a looseness to it that feels like they're all there together Mm -hmm. yeah and again, it's like, I, I don't know if I break out the electric again, but this solo is interesting. You know, like, first of all, he's always has, he always has this line, if you really listen, it's like... Like when they're going to, like, somehow. Oh, yeah. It's like... Right, he has that, and then he just goes up to this, like... Almost like um, Mission Impossible, like, <laughs> and then just like goes nuts on a note, like on the thirteenth fret. Yeah, it is just like you know, like it's all—it's almost this like a very classical solo that he could have just mm-hmm. kept going, and it sounds so cool. And then he just like, nope, nope, I stop, and I then he goes like. And it's like, it sound, that sounds really cool. And it's like, okay, keep going with that. And he's like, nope, Mission Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh my God, yeah, you're right. It does have a very classical beginning to it, doesn't it? Yeah. That's weird. You know, so it's like an amazing solo, but how did he put that together? I just have this image of that his mind is going, and he's playing this, his mind is going in like 10 different directions at once. Like, right, right. He knows enough <laughs> that he could like, okay, I could play this, I could play this, I could play this. All right, I'm playing this. Nope, I'm switching. Nope, switching. <laughs> All right, where's that pedal? <laughs> like, <laughs> sort of like an ADD brain, just like going nuts. Yeah, yeah. On a- he's just like circling around. I was like, okay, this would work. This would work. Okay, let's put it all together. So it's just like it, it. Also, it it's such a weird and awesome solo that it really elevates the song too. I like this song. <laughs> yeah, I do too. It's a good one. Well, yeah, we, I think we got one more then, right? Right. We have the Bishop's Robes. Terrifies me still In Bishop's Robes 
So if you're following along on the chord book, you'll know that this one is not with the uh, the Benz. It's in the OK Computer section for some weird reason, but it is a Benz era B-side. Right. Austin, you had some issues on the My Iron Lung EP with a slower song. Not that these are totally similar, but they have sort of a similar style. So how do you feel about Bishop's Robes? I feel the same way as I felt about Fun Drunk Club. <laughs> <laughs> um, I might not have listened. Okay. I might not have got to the end of this one. This song has a real ominous feel to it, though. I'm I'm kind of down with that, but I just don't. It doesn't quite go anywhere. I'm not going back. Part doesn't quite work for me as a chorus. We've seen that CG too many times. I mean, I guess it's better than it, that it's not C minor G, because that's even more common. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> there is some venomous meaning behind here for Tom. I think he thought he liked this song a lot, I think. Well, or maybe he didn't like it, but maybe it meant something to him. He denies that this is about the headmaster at his boarding school growing up, but man. It's personal. It's personal. <laughs> I mean, it's personal even if it's not personal, right? Like, I mean, I think maybe he right. liked it because it's there's something personal about it, even if it's not his personal history. I wanted to like this song more than I did. Yeah, um, I didn't. I mean, I, because I think this was recorded at the same time as talk show host, but the song had been around for a while. It um, sounds it sounds like an old song. All right, well, they all can't be winners, but I don't dislike this song that much. No, no, I don't but, dislike it. All right, well, let's let's move on then. So is that it? Did we do all of the Ben's era songs? I think we've got them. Oh my Somehow. God, that's crazy. I got, okay, but I do know what we need to do now is we need to have the Ben's Awards. Okay. We didn't do awards after Pablo Honey, which I guess we could go back and do, but I think we were just so tired by the end of that section, we are ready to move on. But I think it'd be good to look back at Well, I mean, songs. the thing is, the awards that we're going to give are based on Pablo Honey era songs, are they not? That's true. That is true. So actually, so, let's just explain them as we go. So yeah, let's do that. So we're going to start with the most improved, which goes for I Can't. As in, I can't believe how good this song is. No. So you go first. Uh, for me, it's in the bins, it's definitely My Iron Lung. Oh. Because I just did good. not pay that much attention to this song. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we talked about it in the episode last time or two times ago. It's the sequencing. After yeah. just, this song just doesn't have a chance. But like when you learn that song on the guitar, it's so much fun. And it's such a complex song, and there's so many things to like sort of dig into and figure out how they sewed all these parts together. That's just definitely for me a most improved song. That's a really good one. Um, that would be pretty high up for me as well. But I'm gonna go with Nice Dream. This is a song that I just never thought about. I always liked it, but I never it never occurred to me to play it. And then when I played it, I was just mesmerized. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just an amazing combination of chords. And a really beautiful lyric. Amazing guitar solo, too. Actually, I could have talked about I just didn't get into it that much. Yeah. Yeah, that guitar solo comes out of nowhere. It's just three notes. I mean, like, you can kind of play them, but you're like, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) 
And then we should go to, should we do best song? So this is the Creep Award. Yeah. The song that we sort of acknowledge as being the best on the album. Maybe begrudgingly, non-begrudgingly. You go first this time. The best song I think has to go, this is going to surprise, it's surprised me even, but Fake Plastic Trees is just basically perfect. And it's not my favorite style of Radiohead, but man, it is such a great song. And learning it again has been so amazing to realize why and how good they were at this this thing. Mine is Fake Plastic Trees. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> It's it, it's just it's obviously for me at least it's obviously the best song in terms of just like you have to grudgingly admit this is an amazing song. I mean you all all you yeah. have to do to sort of prove this is type in fake plastic tree cover into YouTube. Okay. And look at the thousands of results of people who are covering this song. I feel like Radiohead went as far as they could with this style with this song. Yeah. And I feel like Instead of being like, ugh, I don't want to do that kind of thing anymore. It's more of like, well, we just, we already did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can't improve, <laughs> you can't improve on that style of song, which again, it, I agree with you, it's not my favorite type of Radiohead song. I think it was. It is no longer. Like, it surprises me too, because that's not, that would not have been what I thought would be the answer before we started. Yeah. Um, okay, this is great. Okay, now we're going to switch it up and do the favorite song or the blowout. The blowout, I wanted to be interesting with this, but I'm just not, and I'm going to go with Black Star because that <laughs> is just my favorite song. It it is an incredible song, and it, it it moved way up in my estimation. I thought I liked it because it was a little less like discussed, but nope. It's a really good song. Yeah, and it's I mean, I, I just remember when I let myself listen to the Ben's songs on the Astoria live. When this song comes on on that in that concert, I was just like near weeping. I'd forgotten mm-hmm. about how much I loved this song because I wasn't listening to it, and all of a sudden, like there it was. I love this song. So yeah, it's great. That's mine. And yours? It's going to be pretty obvious. Um, Planet Telex. I just I'm in love with this song. I just think Fun, it's fascinating. It's so it's just the best. And uh, before this began, I think I would have totally said Street Spirit. Um, but man, Planet Telex just floored me. Ah, no, yeah. Neither one of us have said Street Spirit. I know. I feel terrible. I feel a little bad about Street Spirit. I don't hate Street Spirit. I really, I think it's a really amazing song, but I think I was expecting to mm-hmm. learn so much from it and I was disappointed maybe that I didn't, but I thought Planet Telex would kind of crumble under analysis, but it did the opposite. When you sort of broke it down and played it on acoustic guitar, you're like, holy crap, like these are great chords. Like mm-hmm. these are such an interesting movement. Like there's so much more going on here than I thought. This next category, though, we need to name it. So it's the best B side. Yeah, million dollar question. So we're going to call this category the million dollar question or the best B side, um, which I feel a little conflicted about since I don't like any of the. Pablo Honey era B sides, but that's not that's neither here nor there. This I'm is just, just a fun song to play on the guitar. I went first. It's your turn to turn to go first. I mean, it's it's going to be boring, but it's talk show host. I mean, it's just a brilliant B side. It's the one B side that I loved before, and I still love it now. I have a lot of love for a lot of these B sides, and 
as I was saying, you could almost make a whole other album out of this and it would be pretty great. But if I had to take one song from the B-side pile, it has to be Talk Show Host. Okay. I'm not going to pick Talk Show Host. I, it wasn't mine. Mine is um, Trickster. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I just, because I find it such a versatile song. It's a yeah. song where like I can sit down and I can have fun on the electric with like the electric version of the song or I can play like my like Spanish version of the song like yeah and I just find I just it's so much fun and I love these lyrics I love the feel of the song yeah that's um, a really good one I just want to like live in that world whatever it is mm-hmm. and so that's uh, for me the favorite b-side is the trick is trickster Trickster's definitely in my top five. See, I have a top five favorite B-sides from the Benz. That's how good these are. <laughs> um, also, shout out to Permanent Daylight. Yeah. And How Can You Be Sure? And um, maybe Banana Co. You never wash up after yourself. Oh, yeah, that 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 one's good. That's Yeah, that's more of a you song, that's, though. That's, a, like. that's, one of, that's one of my top fives. Well, that was fascinating. Yeah. So, yeah, do you have any other thoughts about the end of the Benz? Like... How did it feel to go through all of this? Did it feel like you liked the album better? Um, definitely. I def- the album I definitely liked better. The B-sides, as we've discovered on this one, I didn't like all of them as much as I remember, like Killer Cars. Uh-huh. Bananico I liked more. Makila Dora I liked more. You? I like this album a lot more than I did. Yeah. Than I thought I did. I thought I, I always liked the Benz, but... I never, I always had a weird distance from it mm-hmm. where I'm like, I know that's, this isn't my favorite Radiohead, but I like a lot of these songs and I love having the album on, but I would go for many, I mean, I would go long times without hearing any songs from this album. Oh, I, and oh, this was always in constant rotation for me. Oh, okay. And so this coming back to it was this almost exact opposite of Pablo Honey and that the more familiar I got with the songs, the more I liked them. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, with the, with Pablo Honey, I mean, we talked about how I didn't dislike that album, and I sort of do now. Yeah, I feel the more removed I've gotten from it, the more, the less I ever want to play it. <laughs> well, every once in a while, I'll uh, test myself to see if I remember some of the songs from Pablo Honey, and it's just trying to play them is just so much more of a chore than any okay. song on this. It's true. Yeah, both impressed by the actual album. And then when you get these this treasure trove of B-sides, and some of them are much better than others, but there's some real gems here. There's something weird about some, like, how can you be sure? I don't know why I keep playing it. <laughs> it's um, so much fun. I don't know. It's just fun. It just it's loops really around on itself. You just want to, like, play it again so you can sing that part about being, like, hungry and drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to just be, you know, we're in pandemic times. Can you imagine being in like a a house party or something? Well, and I just, I this? just like when I played this song, I regretted that we never played it at the when we had that open mic night that we hosted at the Duck. Remember, or what was oh, the name of that yeah. place? The Wal- yeah, the Duck, the Duck. Yeah, because Walden Inn, it was a Duck. Um, this would have been a perfect song. Yeah, to play. Then we did play the yeah. bins all the time. We did but we could have branched out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's, it. that's so long to the bends. We're, I think that's the end of season one too. 
we have to take some time here. Okay, computer's going to take some, we're going to need to spend a little extra time there. Yeah. That's going to be a bloated like, season. That might be like a three song and episode season. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got some ideas on how we're going to get through that, but um, it's been so much fun. Yeah. I can't believe we actually made it through this much even. And we've only made it through two albums. <laughs> I feel like we've been, a, it's like been a marathon and I'm like, whoa. Right. Like, let's just catch our breath. I mean, I, I totally but, have the calluses back on the top of my fingers. I know. It feels good, yeah. right? I feel like I'm playing again. And yeah, it's awesome. All right. Well, we'll say goodbye for now and uh, see you next season. Yeah. Take care. All the songs on the Anyone Can Play Guitar podcast are by Radiohead and performed by Nick Kendallsberger and Austin Diaz. Mm-hmm.